Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 14.50 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Thursday, January 18th. And on the third Thursday of the month at this time, we are very pleased to be joined by the retired allergist, Dr. Ralph Hellewormer, on the other side of our line. Ollie, good morning and Happy New Year, sir. Good morning to you and to the listening audience, and a Happy New Year. And it's been a cold New Year, but we can manage. We can survive. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a moment. If you have a question, for Dr. Alfred Warmer, he'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450, with the caveat that the opinions and advice that will be issued between now and 10 o'clock are meant for informational purposes only and not intended to serve as any diagnosis for any medical condition. For your own particular medical condition, please consult with your family doctor or primary care physician before undergoing any course of action. With Thank that, you for saying that, Gary. Yep. I agree 100%. With that in mind, let's talk a little bit about addressing issues involving the cold weather. Bitterly cold, as our forecast says for Saturday, wind chills of 10, minus 10, and even chillier. Lower, yeah. Uh, that does cause problems. As a person who is an allergist by specialty when you were active, but certainly right. aware of the upper respiratory situation, these bitterly cold conditions yes. can really cause havoc, uh, not only for those who might have issues already uh, mm. uh, with the upper respiratory system, but even for normally healthy adults and, you know, younger men and women. Absolutely. The cold air is a very much an irritant to not only the upper airway, the nasal passages, etc., and the throat, but also to the lungs. The air that we breathe in if it's not warm enough, will start to irritate the lining of our tissues inside the trachea, the windpipe, as well as into the smaller areas of the lungs. And uh, someone that is prone to asthma, especially, or to uh, or has emphysema or chronic lung disease. That cold, cold air just causes more irritation, and more irritation causes, uh, I've seen asthma attacks from extremely cold air, and, uh, and also emphysema episodes from the uh, cold air. So warm the air with a scarf or uh, some people I see uh, walking around with a mask on, a special weather mask, and that's not a bad idea. 
uh, especially if you have chronic lung disease or uh, chronic heart disease because the heart and the lungs have to synchronize. That's the only way we uh, can survive, to get oxygen to all our cells. Yep. And uh, we have to note the environment, uh, how cold it is. And if it's, if it's too cold, please, please don't uh, um, go outdoors. If you don't need to go outdoors in extremely cold weather, stay indoors. Uh, if you can, and uh, uh, and layer clothing above all, layer the clothing so that you do get uh, some insulation uh, from that cold, cold air between the layers of clothing, and also don't forget about the head and neck. Covering that up uh, prevents the loss of about 12% of body heat. If you can imagine that, just the head alone uh, uh, gets out. Uh, uh, if you don't cover it up, it loses 12% of body heat. Um, and I, as a diabetic, I have poor peripheral circulation. That means poor circulation to the feet, especially, and to the hands. And I have to wear. Uh, gloves that accommodate hand warmers, uh, these uh, hot hands, hand warmers that I use routinely uh, during the winter. Because otherwise, you will develop frostbite sooner or later. And once we develop frostbite, we're in trouble because that tissue dies. That tissue is literally frozen to death. And uh, thawing it out helps a little bit, but thawing out with lukewarm water, lukewarm water is the antidote for really, really cold hands. People think, oh, no, hot water, hot water. No, you cannot feel the heat of the hot water enough. You, you can burn yourself significantly, and I've seen that in the Navy, and, uh, but uh, frostbite is a real threat to all of us who are older and uh, have poorer circulation. Uh, the other day, I, I saw someone in shorts, believe it or not, but with a heavy overcoat over them, and I thought to myself, oh, my God, I don't want to stop this person, but uh, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. I, I, I thought, and, and the gentleman looked young, so his circulation, I'm sure, is better than mine. But still, that's that's not necessary. There's no machoism or any anything else uh, with the ego in cold, cold weather. Now, on the other side of the coin in this, in terms of having to be protected against the elements, covered up, and the like. What challenges health-wise should people be aware of if they have to be inside all the time? They can't go outside that much. Because, to be honest with you, we do need to get some, you know, 
some fresh oh, air yes. from time we to time. Fresh air. But, 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 we but, need fresh air yeah. and sunshine. <laughs> well, that we can't control. Well, we can't control no, being we outside. Can't control, but we need uh, outside daylight uh, and going outside uh, for short, short periods of time, and and uh, uh, socializing still with people either uh, in person or uh, going to uh, uh, a coffee shop, for example, or etc. Or calling friends, keep in touch. Keep in touch with fellow human beings, because um, that enlightens us and that uh, cheers us up. And uh, vitamin D three, uh, D is in delta. Uh, D three is very helpful at this time of the year because that's the sunshine vitamin. And uh, we produce uh, in our own skin with exposure to sunlight, 15 minutes of sunlight on our skin, somewhere on our skin, will produce vitamin D. And uh, it's so important to, uh, I I take a supplement of it uh, every day, but not too high a dose and certainly not too low a dose. Just a nice medium dose and uh, with lots of fluid. And that's the other thing we have to remember. You can actually dehydrate in the cold weather, not just in hot weather, but in cold weather you can dehydrate just as much. So keep the fluids going uh, for the rest of the uh, system and... uh, and enjoy people's company or people's uh, conversations and get socially involved and stay socially involved. Yeah, it sounds as if that's also the prescription for uh, dealing with seasonal affective disorder. Sad. That's exactly right. Hmm. That's my, that was my next topic. <laughs> and and, yeah. and uh, it's a big problem. In, in uh, cold climates like ours are, uh, is, um, yes, it is a problem, even to the point where some people need professional help in, in uh, uh, coping with it. And, uh, yes, we can prescribe medication to uplift the mood and so on, but... Uh, talking and socializing and so on, and uh, getting out uh, uh, outdoors a little bit, uh, it cheers you up. It starts cheering you up, and so you're right. Uh, don't don't get uh, totally in, uh, stuck in the home all the time. But uh, uh, it's another matter if you are. Uh, handicapped, uh, but um, uh, normal activity, yes, should include some outdoor uh, activity, maybe a a brisk walk uh, up the driveway or back, and make sure you wear cleats on the shoes. Uh, uh, There's these cleats that I have that I put on my winter shoes 
when I go out on the driveway or uh, wherever, and uh, the cleats help me with the snow and with some of the ice, you know. If it's if it's really totally like an ice rink, no, then stay away from that area of the driveway. But uh, if there's a little bit of snow, those cleats are life-saving. They, I have not fallen uh, for for quite a few years, and so that's that's a good thing. If you got a question for Dr. Alf Hurlwormer, he'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. One final thing, by the way, to remind you of perhaps uh, making sure you get the uh, necessary uh, vitamin D3, just think of the level of athletic competition that Hope College is in. They compete in the NCAA Division Three or D three competition <laughs> remember it that way it helps me uh, yeah, it helps. might help you remember yeah. that too now and when we see the young people still practicing outdoors uh, those that are in sports and so on and that's that's so nice to see that's that encourages me to get a little bit out there too and, mm-hmm. and at least do some walking mm-hmm. And just do it carefully, and um, and that brings up the other topic. I, I, I saw several neighbors trying to shovel their own snow, and they're my age. They're in their, I'm 78, going on 79, and uh, please, please, act responsible and hire somebody. <laughs> if you shovel can. your snow. Or, if you can. If yes, you can, if you can. you know, some, you know. some, some people, you know, some of us, uh, you know, that's why we rent. Uh, that's why we have, uh, you know, contracted services for, for things like that. And that's fine. Uh, yes. I wish we had it around this building, but you know, Hey, sometimes I got to do the shoveling here, but that's only a little bit and it's not too much. Uh, no. but anyway, no. uh, it, I, bit, I understand. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. But, uh, this person was, uh, yeah, uh, and, uh, and always take a shovel along in your car because you never know where you're going to get stuck. And, uh, and yeah, you'll have to do probably some shoveling, but most people around here, I have come to find out, are so helpful. If, if you're stuck somewhere uh, around this area, there soon will appear... Someone that says, hey, I can help you. <laughs> I, I can even maybe pull you out with my truck or something. And that's happened to us uh, several times, and uh, Patty and I. And uh, really, it's, it's marvelous. It's just so wonderful to see people helping one another. And that's what I think... Uh, the moral of the story is uh, we are here to try to help. Ollie, I do need to bring this particular subject up because even though it is in the Washington area, it is a hub of a lot of uh, travel. 
And health officials, Ollie, are warning that people who traveled through Dulles International Airport and Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport have been exposed to measles. A traveler with a confirmed case of measles was at Dulles' airport's main terminal on January 3rd. And then on January 4th, that same traveler was at Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport's Terminal A. No information was released on what airline this unnamed passenger was using, where they were coming from, or what their final destination was. So anyone who traveled through the airport should be on alert for any symptoms until January 25th. I thought we were done with measles. Incubation period for the uh, measles. And, and that brings up the other topic. Um, we have wonderful vaccines, and uh, the children, uh, the, the most important uh, to be vaccinated are the children because they become the carriers of these uh, viruses and bacteria and so on until they develop immunity. But to help them develop immunity in a safe way is through vaccination. The vaccine, the vaccine actually contains some material from the virus and so on. Whatever we're trying to build up resistance to is in that vaccine. But it's in such a low dose. And that's the wonderful thing about vaccines. It's low, low dose of a virus or of a bacteria and so on. And that stimulates our immune system just enough so that we don't actually come down with the illness itself, but rather we build up resistance. That's the important word, resistance or antibody production. And that's what we all need. And guess what? At the other spectrum of life, uh, at the other end, is our generations, um, where we have less resistance again because the immune system just slows down. It just gets weaker uh, every year. But so what? If we have vaccines, for example, against the flu, please try to get those vaccines because they do help. They do help prevent uh, serious complications usually from uh, like the flu virus or the COVID virus. Uh, and we, we need to emphasize from medical standpoint, why do we vaccinate? We vaccinate to give you resistance or try to build up your resistance, which has weakened over the years. It's that simple. And I know there's a move on. It's not only in, this, in the United States, but it's, it's around the world, this hesitancy to get vaccinated. Oh, I, I, I have resistance. I have good resistance. Well, in some cases, unfortunately, it's their last word. And, um, it, and I, I still have in my mind, I, I know, I don't want to get into the issues of uh, all my freedoms and so on. I, I don't want to get into that. Yes, it is your freedom to choose. 
Um, but uh, from a medical standpoint, for the rest of us, the, it helps that more and more people get vaccinated so that we prevent what we had uh, for the past uh, two or three years uh, with the COVID epidemic. And uh, we can prevent those pandemics, um, and, and we must prevent those because sooner or later, all of us will be affected or infected and uh, without vaccines. Yeah. And especially children, I I, I have had uh, uh, in my uh, career, both in the Navy and in civilian practice, um, um, people, uh, adults, who say, oh, I'm not going to vaccinate my children. And I say, oh, I ask, oh, why not? Oh, I've heard so many side effects. And I said... Well, there are side effects, yes, yes, I agree. But it's a small, small uh, minority of uh, vaccine uh, uh, people, I mean, that get the vaccine, um, a very small uh, reaction rate. And um, I say... Have you ever seen a case of measles? I have seen a case of measles, and I never want to see it again. And uh, uh, this child almost died. And this was in the Navy, where the vaccines are plentiful. <laughs> and uh, I, I said, no, uh, I can't believe it. And I had a patient also in the Navy, um, who was 16 years old and came down with a case of severe uh, influenza, and he was not vaccinated. He was 16 years old. I'll never forget this patient. I know he's in heaven. He came into the clinic, and he was sort of out of it. You know, and uh, a 16-year-old, and, and he was brought in by mom, and uh, I was one of the doctors, and uh, we said, what is wrong with him? And lo and behold, he came down with that flu that was really bad in about 1976, and he developed what is called RISE syndrome, and RISE syndrome is deadly, we've come to find out um, if you have a bad case of uh, the flu and you take an aspirin product, that can cause what we call RISE syndrome, which affects the brain. It actually causes inflammation of the brain. Can you imagine that? Yeah. From the flu. Yeah. From the flu. An encephalitis, it's called. Yeah. And we, uh, we air-vacked him. Uh, he passed away in the intensive care unit at Bethesda Naval Hospital, which is now Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. Mm -hmm. And uh, yep. patient. Never yep. forget him. Dr. Alfred Wormer, as always, thank you very much for your expertise and your advice. 
We wish you well, wish your family well over the next month or so. And if all goes well, we'll do this again in February. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you very much, Dr. Alf Wimmer on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. CBS News with Steve, uh, with Deborah Rodriguez straight ahead, followed by WHTC News on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.